This is episode 60 of the 200 Churches Podcast. There's a bunch of principles that apply to big churches that don't apply to small ones at all. And there's a bunch that apply to small churches exclusively, where you just have to do it differently because you're smaller. There's almost nobody teaching on that. It may be our biggest hole in pastoral leadership teaching is the skills and help and resources specifically for how to pastor a small church. Thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast, where we're focused on pastors of small churches, 200 churches. Every Wednesday, we release an episode that will lift your spirits, lighten your load, and let you laugh. Today, the guys are joined by Carl Vaders from NewSmallChurch.com. His name is Carl, and he is a small church pastor. And now, here are two guys who lead and pastor in a 200 church, the Smith & Wesson of Ministry Podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. Welcome again to the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I'm here with my good friend, Johnny Craig. And we are so excited today. We are. I'm excited because I just got back from visiting my daughter. Ooh. Yes. Five days in Virginia. Sunny Virginia. Visiting my daughter and what's his name? What? Yeah. What, what is his name? I don't remember. It doesn't really the matter. The son-in-law of somebody. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. So, and today we're working on getting a guest actually in studio. I mean, most of our guests, yes. we have to do it from a distance, but we're trying to get this person in studio. And the truth is, I actually haven't gone to see my daughter yet, and we don't know whether or not we can have this guest in studio because we're recording this, you know, pre-recording. Pre-recording. I've just recording. lost all the excitement. Because none of it's happened yet. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, yeah. I mean, I'm going to Virginia, and I'm going to visit my daughter, so we have to do this before I go. People are so confused right now. Yeah, yeah, they are confused. I'm confused. What day is this? Which podcast are we doing <laughs> oh, today? Geez. Okay, today we've got Carl the Shark Vaders. This oh, is boy. the first podcast of the month of March. Dun, first of the month. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. We got to get that music, man. We so, do. Carl the Shark Vaders is with us, and today he's talking about eight simple words that can transform your church. And basically, what it is is his mission statement yeah. for newsmallchurch.com, which is encouraging, connecting, and equipping innovative small church leaders. And that, that's not just words. I mean, that sounds like one of those like synergize your leadership potential <laughs> type of things, but it's not. I mean, and he breaks it down for us word by word and shows us why this is really important to your small church. Well, but you have to be an innovative small church leader to listen to this. Not a lazy small church. So leader. I think if you're listening to our podcast, you're probably an innovative. You're innovative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we innovate every time we turn the recorder on. We just on. bestowed the title of innovative upon you. You're welcome. So now all they have to do is encourage. Yep. Connect. Yep. And receive some equipping from newsmallchurch.com where Carl has got a ton of Oh, it's posts. a wealth of information. He is a rabid rabid small church proponent he is so we're excited to have carl back on the podcast this is part of our monthly series with him and uh he's got great content for us today without further ado carl the shark baiters it's great to have carl vaders back on the podcast this month of march carl welcome to the 200 churches podcast hey guys good to be back with you it's good to have you, and thank you for thank you for joining us every month. It's uh, it's important to us to be able to partner with uh, the other guys, the other ministries around the country that are supporting 
small church pastors and small churches because there's just not that many of us out there yet. Yeah, it's really true. I mean, there are tons of small churches and small church pastors out there, but there's almost no networks to connect each other. There's there's a whole bunch of guys out there swimming alone, and uh, it's, it's a dangerous way to do uh, church all by yourself. Well, I know that what we're doing together and separately is it just takes time. It's going to take time. But I really think that God is going to use us to really change change the whole tenor of of small church talk and and change the atmosphere in the room for small church pastors that there's going to be less uh heel dragging and feeling like they're you know the uh the little guys and there's going to be more pride you know good pride in a positive sense and higher self-esteem for pastors of smaller churches and I think what you're doing at newsmallchurch.com just constantly Constantly affirming and building up small church ministry is a big part of that. Well, that's why I love uh, networking with you guys and doing the podcast, too, because if there's nothing going to be accomplished by just being against something. Let's find out what we can be for. Let's connect with other people who are for the same thing. Let's, you know, let's let's move forward on some positive things. And there's great stuff that happens in small churches. Now we just need to continue to build this electronic soapbox and let other people hear about it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. And it, connecting with each other is a huge part of it. You know, when we started a little over a year ago, Johnny and I, it took us some weeks, maybe a couple months, to really, to really come down to focus on what it is we were doing. I mean, to really get focused on it and understand what we were doing. And we came down to, to this statement, ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. I mean, that's our purpose. That's where we're going. Now, uh, the 12 essentials that you have uh, on your blog, uh, these 12 uh, blog posts that you've written that kind of define what New Small Church is, you also have uh, eight simple words that is really the theme of what you do, the purpose of what you do. Why don't you share those with us? Because you wrote about them in this eight simple words that can transform your church. It's the slogan of our mission statement of newsmallchurch.com and it's encouraging connecting and equipping innovative small church leaders and you have to count the and as one of the eight words just <laughs> so you know i actually had somebody ask me there's only seven words in there i went yeah you have to count the and um <laughs> i did count i did yeah, count. It, it, <laughs> i was i was kept scrolling yeah, up and down they, through your post trying to count i only came up with six but uh small church was yeah, one word they're, they're, those eight words really are the mission statement or the slogan of newsmallchurch.com, and they really define everything that I think uh, I want this ministry to be about. Small church pastors need to be encouraged. We need to connect with each other, and we need tools that we haven't been provided with from other places. So um, that's how the, the, all that stuff kind of comes together for me. Yeah, your first point here, Carl, the encouraging. That's, I mean, that's such a huge piece. We talked about that last month, the need for small church pastors to feel loved and respected in exactly what they're doing because Jesus loves their small church. You know what I mean? And just to be encouraged that they yeah. are doing good work and good ministry. So that that's a key piece of what you do. And that obviously is, that's the first word in our slogan as well. Uh, encouraging. Yeah, it's no mistake that it's the first word in both of our slogans, because I think it's really obvious that that's the main thing that most small church pastors need. There, there's too much discouragement out there. They, they feel like they've been talked down to if they've been noticed at all. 
Um, sometimes it's because we've misread or misheard things. A lot of it we put upon ourselves, which is the reason even for the title of my book, The Grasshopper Myth, you know, the grasshopper myth begins because I felt like a grasshopper in my own eyes. Uh, but nevertheless, wherever the discouragement comes from, whether it's uh, whether I put it upon myself or it's been put upon me by others, we really do need to be encouraged that we can do what God called us to do in small churches just as much as they can do it in big churches. Yeah, that's that's so important. The second word is connecting. Uh, and I had a couple notes here. You, you make a joke about uh, even if the, they work at the church full time, a small church pastor, he's saying they end up being the secretary, receptionist, gardener, janitor, computer expert, etc. Well, Jeff and I are two on staff, and we actually have even some support staff under that. But I still have found myself doing all of these jobs at one point or another. I, and I, I pride myself, oh, yeah. I have fixed two toilets at the church. I have plumbed two toilets since I came here. I'm very proud of this point. Mm-hmm. You did get that toilet fixed. I did. I noticed that the other day. <laughs> I did. I put Johnny on the job because I always goof that stuff up. It's going to leak. It's not going to work. Oh, man. But, so I saw that and I thought, yeah, this connecting though, right? Because these, these uh, men and women, they are out there uh, doing all of this work and a lot of times it is by themselves. You know, Jeff and I have each other and some pastors yeah. have that, but it is so important to connect with other pastors. And that's, I mean, that's a big part of how you're going to get that encouragement. Yeah. The big challenge for a lot of small church pastors, especially for those that are bivocational is, and that's kind of the premise of all, they do all this stuff, receptionist, gardener, janitor, et cetera, is, you know, you, a lot of them work a full-time, uh, you know, non-ministry job during the week. And then at the church, they're often the only person there when they can get there and they've got to do all these other things. And then they get a call from a friend or from a denominational representative, or they see an ad on their computer for the next minister's conference that happens on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a couple months from now. And they, you know, it's almost laughable, right? I'm going to carve three days out to go to a conference that I don't have the money or the time to go to. And I can barely get two weeks away to have vacation with my family. Yeah. And it's not that they don't want to connect. It's that how do you find the time and place and money to connect when you're 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 just running yourself ragged just trying to keep everything together it's it's a real challenge especially for the bivocational pastors now carl you you just had recently a a conference that you put together just just we've got a lot of new listeners just tell them tell them what that was about and how that worked out for you and and how you were able to connect and and even the pastors were, were able to connect with each other yeah, we uh, I called it the Small Church Pastors One Day Workshop. We did it a few months ago, and um, you know I've I've built this electronic soapbox, uh, you know, just like you guys have at two hundred churches dot com. I built one at newsmallchurch.com. And what it allows us to do through that, plus connecting with Twitter and Facebook and social media, it allows us to start connecting with each other. And so I, I did this workshop uh, here near where I live in Orange County, California. And had a bunch of pastors from the Southern California area drive in. Some of them drove in overnight, stayed overnight even for it. It was shocking to me. I wouldn't stay overnight to listen to me, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but but they did. But it was just a great thing to be physically in the same room with people who had similar backgrounds, similar challenges, and similar blessings in their life and who came for this common purpose. 
Obviously, when we gather together as the church, we have the the most co- most important common purpose, which is you know Christ. But it's nice also as leaders to get together and realize, hey, there's this whole segment that when I get together with other ministers, no, they all look at me and they don't quite seem to get me. And now I'm in a room with people who really do get me. Mm-hmm. And so we had a chance to talk. We had a chance to share, to pray together, and also to to equip each other. To here, here's an idea that I tried. Maybe that's something you can try. And uh, we know it can work in a small church because it worked in my small church. In some ways, almost any idea becomes then that that next challenge, that next, you know, go from 100 to 200. Uh, I mean, we want to get each other better. And we want to challenge each other. And we want to give each other tools and encouragement and resources. And we want to move forward and, and get further. But boy, there's just that, there's that delicate balance of, of heaping expectation and the subsequent guilt on pastors when they can't seem to get to that next level of attendance or involvement yeah. or offerings. That's why I think your second piece here. The, the, oh, go ahead, Carl. Yeah, the phrase I like to use for that is to be content without settling, and and I think that to me is a real key. We, we, you know, the scripture talks about godliness with contentment is great gain. God wants us to be content, but He never wants us to settle. That's a good point. And That's if a we great can point. find that balance, I think we can find real health. Your next, uh, your next word of the eight is equipping, and uh, and I think that this ties in well with what Jeff and uh, Jeff and you were just talking about is when you have a whole group of small church pastors together, right? How do we equip them? And you say, you know, if you go Google small church ministry, you know, small church resources, whatever, it is paltry at best what you find. Jeff and I know that firsthand because a year ago we tried it and (laughs) got like nothing. Um, I'm glad to say, I think there's more cropping up now, but what Jeff's question, you know, don't heap expectations on people. I think it's great small church pastors talking to each other because we can encourage each other and equip each other toward, you know, spiritual growth, not just numerical growth and health of the church, not just size of the church types of things. Yeah. And and in addition to that, I really do believe that there are uh, methods and practical ways of doing things that apply in a small church setting that don't necessarily apply in a large church setting. Mm-hmm, sure. uh, you know, how do we negotiate uh, around, you know, getting the place cleaned up every week, set up and tear down? You know, th- uh, so much of what we do, we have to figure out how to use volunteers and not overuse them, not get them so busy inside the church, fixing it up and setting it up and tearing it down and doing the church ministry that they never get out to the community. In a larger church, they can do things because they've got the funds to pay a staff member or to pay a janitorial crew to set up everything, to clean it up afterwards while everybody off and does ministry. And, you know, I'm grateful that there are churches that can do that. Absolutely. I, I was just uh, I was just moaning and griping and complaining to Johnny this morning that uh, we had an event this morning for, for our ladies, and an hour before it was to start, our fellowship hall was 55 degrees. Why? Because I'm usually the one that goes in there and bumps the heat up on a Monday night, and I was busy doing some other stuff. And, you know, those frustrations, they can come out and sometimes they pile up. You know, you get three or four or five of those things in yeah. one morning or one afternoon, and you're ready to, you know, you're ready to throw your clipboard across the court. Yeah, no, absolutely true. And I've, you know, I've been there. I came close to maybe I did burn out at one point, you know, and it was it was that. It was the frustration of uh, not feeling like I was really 
equipped to do the job. I actually, I, I, I mentioned it in my book. I was at one point where I would straight up admit now I was mad at God. I thought he'd set me up for ministry success only to let me down. And the only way my church had let me down was that it wasn't as big as I thought it should be. Part of my disappointment and part of my burnout was I didn't acknowledge that this is the size it is, at least for now, maybe for a long time, who knows. And here's how a healthy small church functions. I was trying to operate a healthy small church as if it was a healthy big church. And there are some principles that cross-pollinate, but maybe 50% do not. They only apply in a small church setting. And figuring out what those are and equipping small church pastors to use the right tools for their size is really important and an almost completely forgotten part of training ministers. Yeah, and you wrote in your blog, if megachurches are the cruise ships on the Christian ocean, small churches should be the speedboats. I thought that was fantastic because megachurches can't be, and nor can we carry around 2,000 people in sweltering hot conditions with human waste pouring out of the cabins. And, oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was reading CNN again there for a second. (laughs) The tragedy tragedy is that while small churches should be the speedboats with high level of maneuverability, the fact of the matter is, and we know this is too true, quite often small churches hardest ones to get to adapt and to innovate and to try fresh and new things. And it shouldn't be that way. We have an opportunity when we're small to change on a dime, to see an opportunity and seize it. Um, And I think a big part of that is being okay and recognizing, okay, we're small. What are the advantages? And then seizing that one of the advantages is we can adapt real quick. We can move around real fast if we're just willing to do it. So we've gone from connecting to equipping and then innovative. Uh, you just said that we have to innovate because, you know, some of us can be cruise ships. Some of us can be speedboats. And then you have a section in here, uh, and I don't know if this is the eighth word or the ninth word, but small church. Um, talk about that for a minute. <laughs> six and seven. Yeah, okay, six and seven. <laughs> you said, you know, uh, You said, if anyone asks, why aim a ministry at helping small churches? Your answer would be to pose another question. Why aren't there hundreds of ministries aimed at helping small churches? Yeah. (laughs) 80% of the churches in the world are under under 200 people. uh, Under 100 people, yeah. It's at least half of the Christians in the world go to small churches. How have we not trained people to do this better? It's crazy. So... What we do is, and in in my blog post, you can see it visually, but if you can imagine in your mind two circles uh, that intersect somewhat, and one circle are the principles for growing a big church, and the other circle is principles for pastoring a small church. Those two principles do intersect on maybe half of the principles. Maybe half of pastoral principles apply to both a big church and a small church. But there's a bunch of principles that apply to big churches that don't apply to small ones at all. And there's a bunch that apply to small churches exclusively, where you just have to do it differently because you're smaller. But there's almost nobody teaching on that. Um, and that's, I think, it's it may be our biggest hole in pastoral leadership teaching is skills and help and resources specifically for how to pastor a small church. Yeah, that's that's great, and I, and I agree. Jeff and I have talked before about being almost like an adapter 
to take some of the things that are said to uh, and by large churches and help to make that uh, into something that can be digested and implemented into a small church. The last word, the eighth word, is leaders. And here you say, look, this is a website, your new small church, this is a website, and, and I would agree about our podcast. Um, this is a podcast for leaders. That doesn't just mean pastors, right? That means people who are influencing small churches. And and you end this section by, by giving leaders a call to action and, you know, leaders lead. So this is a really good moment um, for, for leaders to listen to. But you say, so get the word out. If you are in leadership that affects small church ministry in any way, tag your it. And I wrote, I love this. Let's get others connected and spread the word. And Jeff and I will often end the podcast by saying, like us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, tweet us, share Send it with us your money. friends. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes <laughs> it can seem like, hey, maybe we are just trying to make a buck off people. We're not. We're passionate about small church leaders and small church ministry. And there are so many men and women who are discouraged out there, leaders of churches who need this information. So, Carl, give them a call to action. Tell them why they need to share your ministry, our ministry, and all the ministries focused on small churches? Here's an interesting thing for a small church ministry. The answer is in the numbers. Uh, 80% to 90% of Christian pastors in the world pastor a small church. You're not alone. There's a ton of us out there. And we're not talking with each other very often, if at all. And we're not making the things that we know available to others. No matter what size of church you pastor, you know something about pastoring a small church that I don't know and that you can help me with. This is not a one-way conversation. I don't have all the answers. I think Johnny might, but the rest of us don't have all the answers. (laughs) There's a chance. If you've got ideas, I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're doing that works in your setting, and I want to put it out there for others to see Uh, If we connect on this, we can really be a blessing to pastors at home and around the world. And through those pastors, through those churches, and through those Christian leaders, you can change lives that you will never meet this side of heaven by just saying, here's what I know about small church pastoring and making it available to others. Well, you heard it here first. We've got Carl Vader's dropping dropping the gauntlet on this call to action. If you want to start a conversation with Carl, check out newsmallchurch.com. If you want to get to know more about Carl or or read more about what he's about, pick up his book The Grasshopper Myth. We've got links to it on our website. But Carl, it is so great to talk to you, so great to partner with you in this adventure of encouraging and equipping small church leaders. Uh, thank you so so much for being on the 200 Churches podcast. You're welcome, guys. Always good to be with you. You know, for an old guy, Carl's got a ton of energy. A he ton does, of, yeah. A ton of energy. I mean, and the guy's got, I think he's thinking three sentences ahead, at least. It's funny that you would say like an old guy. Well, no, I'm, I didn't say like an old oh, guy. For I said an old guy. for an old guy. <laughs> now, for the record, Carl is older than I am. Oh, my. By several years. Several years. I think he's like 55, Ooh, which Carl. that's old. He does. He has a he has a wellspring of energy deep in his soul. Well, you know, he is he is serving out of his passion, both yes. in his church yes. and in what he's doing. That makes a huge difference. At newsmallchurch.com. Yeah. So we just went over basically his 
mission and vision statement yep. for NewSmallChurch.com. And really, it's just all about small churches and encouraging and building into and motivating small church leaders. Johnny, you and I have been talking about the things that we struggle with here in our ministry. Yeah. Because we're we're pastors of a 200 church. You yeah. Know? We're not in a 500 church telling all you lowly <laughs> peons how to get to our size of a church. Oh, man, we're in the trenches. I mean, we, you know, we check every Sunday to see if we're above 200 or under 200. It's the line. So we're still looking at that number. But we were talking about in our situation, we serve, we have strong children's ministry. We have strong college ministry. Two groups of people that are not strong tithers. <laughs> and, and Those so, kiddos cannot get generous. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, we've is. even instituted online giving, so they can set it up. I know. But, you know. With mom or dad's permission, you can get online and set up your. <laughs> right, right. So, anyway, we're in a situation where we have very good ministry to college students and to a campus right here in our town. These kids are going to be here for a few years and then they're going to be gone. In fact, the uh, all the ruckus that's going on over in Ukraine, over in Kiev, I don't know how to pronounce it, Kiev, Kiev, whatever. Sure. I don't know if they even know how to pronounce it right now with all the stuff that's going on over there, but two two young men who used to sit who sat in our church a year ago, part of our college student population, they're over there doing ministry in Kiev right now. That's incredible. And I just emailed one of them last night just to say, "Hey, are you, you know, still alive?" How's it going over there, and uh, is, is, is this impacting you at all? So we're working with students who are going to be all over the world yep. in a year or two or three, So, but they're not going to be in our church. Right. That, for us, is a situation where you know we're, we're working with people, but they're going to be gone, and we know they're going to be gone. So we were thinking, you know, what's, what's your situation at your church? What is the thing at your church that you say to yourself, man, I, I, wish, I wish this were different. I wish that I were o- perhaps only leading CEOs and hedge fund, hedge <laughs> fund managers be great. to the Lord. Yes. And they just began filling my church with their families and hedge funds. Hey, man. That's right. But the reality is in a small church, you are going to have ministries that you're doing that you're doing well. Uh, that are not generating numerical growth. They're not generating growth as far as offerings. But that doesn't mean that you're not called to do those ministries. That doesn't mean that God has not specially equipped your congregation to minister to those people. So, I mean, we talked with Carl about encouragement being the name of the game around here. And what I would want to say is just be encouraged knowing that, sure, It doesn't look like growth, quote unquote, in the eyes of a business model or in the eyes of the world, but it's kingdom growth. When you're investing in kids, I mean, Jesus told us this, when you're investing in your kids, you're investing in the kingdom. And when you're investing uh, in college students, you're investing in the kingdom. Those are our things, but the areas that you're ministering in, those are kingdom investments as well. And if it doesn't pay off in business terms, oh, well. Because that's not what God has for you right now. You're still growing, and you're still growing the kingdom in that ministry. And it's so easy for us to focus on numbers. Yes. Numbers of people and numbers in our offering. 
Because after all, if we don't have people in our church, then we'd have no ministry. And if we don't have anything in our offerings, then we have no, we're not sustainable. We can't move forward with anything. And so we have to find something else to look for. We have to find something else to focus on, to fixate on, other than numbers in the pews or in the chairs and numbers in the offering plate. So what is one other thing, Johnny, that we could fixate on or focus on? Health. 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 And that's something that Carl talked about in this podcast, and it's something that uh, Jim Powell has talked about with us before. Health. The health of your church. And we cannot measure health by butts in the seats and bucks in the plate, as somebody said on the mm-hmm. podcast. Carl once. said that. Carl, yep. <laughs> Carl said it. But we can't measure health that way. We have to measure health by spiritual development, by spiritual growth, by disciples who are making disciples. Right, Jeff, you talked about healthy things reproduce themselves. That's not necessarily talking about church planting. That's talking about the people in your church discipling other people that don't necessarily go to your church. They could just be people in the community. But it's the idea that we are reaching people for Christ. We are showing Christ's love out to our spheres of influence. That's what a healthy church does. And it might not mean a thousand people show up next Sunday, but it means that you're healthy and that you're growing the kingdom in the right way. Well, in our Western church mindset, we have this ROI, this return on investment, yep. that somehow we have to see some kind of a return that's tangible, that's here, that's physical, that's now, that benefits us so that we could show that we're growing and that we're reaching more people and that our products and services are successful and yep. blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, when we focus on health, we're saying, what is my relationship with God like? What is the relationship that my people have with God like? What is my relationship with my people? How is the health of my people's relationships with each other? So loving God and loving each other as ourselves is uh, so important, and that's something that we can fixate on and know that that's, there's an ROI for the kingdom Maybe not an ROI for our 2014 Western Church mindset success model. What's something else we can fix it on, Jeff? Well, the other thing that we were talking about before was, and I wrote a blog post about this uh, titled Fear the Great Negotiator. When we operate out of fear, we negotiate away our effectiveness. When we operate out of fear, we negotiate away God using us in ministry. So we have to operate out of faith. Yeah. So faith is, did God call me here? Does God want me to love these people? Does God want me and all of us together as a church to do something different in our community, to take our community toward the kingdom of God, to take them toward the Savior, Jesus Christ? And if he does, then he is going to help me to do these things. I mean, if, if he wants our building to be lit and heated so that we can worship indoors in <laughs> January and February— God will bring the finances for that. Right. And if he wants this person who might have their their uh, you know back in a hump over your ministry right now and they're all ticked off, if he wants them to stay, well then he's going to have to to change their heart or you know give me direction as the pastor in how to shepherd that person, but it all goes back to faith. Yep. Instead of fear. Cuz fear says, how many do we have on Sunday? Fear said Fear says, hey, what was the offering on Sunday? Right. But faith says, hey, what, what happened on Sunday? What did God do with the people that were here on Sunday? Yeah. And 
By the way, what was the offering on Sunday? I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. I'm not asking oh, you. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm saying. I'm saying. I don't know how. I don't know what the what the alternative. I think the faith says. What question. can we do with what came in? Yeah. Right. When we live by faith and we say we're we're just here to partner with God, not to you know like we know that He is building the church and we are just we're partnering with Him along for the ride. So what can we do with the offering that did come in? How can we further the kingdom of God with that? So I think that that's fantastic. So instead of focusing on numbers, right. the numbers of dollars and the numbers of people, let's fixate on faith. Are we serving and living by faith? Yes. And are we pushing toward health and concerned with the health of our people and their relationship with each other and with God? We hope that this has been encouraging to you. We hope that you can uh, move forward in faith looking for health. Guys, And it's hard. It's a really tough thing to walk by faith and to focus on health, not numbers. Uh, but you can do it. You can do it. And, and we believe in you here at 200 Churches. This is your pep talk for the week. Uh, but really, I think this is so important. So thanks so much for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday to provide you with more ministry encouragement as you pastor your 200 church. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love your people.